We're in chapter 2 as we study verse by verse through this. 1 Corinthians 2, we began with verses 1 through 5 a couple Wednesday nights ago. Last week we looked at verses 6 through 9. Tonight we're going to pick up in verse 10 and get as far as we can. We are studying true wisdom in the broader outline of Paul's writing about man's wisdom up against God's wisdom because the Corinthian church has been divided as they have sought man's wisdom above the very godly wisdom that brought them to Christ to begin with. And Paul said, some of you say I'm of Apollos, some of you say I'm of Paul, and he says we ought not be divided like this. So he's laying out this case for them for unity in their church, not not putting their hope in men and what men can do or men can say, but bringing it back to, hey, the Holy Ghost of God convicted you and saved you and brought you into the faith, and that's where true wisdom lies. So we looked last time at the wisdom of God as true wisdom from verses 6 through 9, and then tonight we're going to see the wisdom of God by the Holy Spirit, beginning in verse 10, and then he ends there at the end of the chapter with for the spiritual. So true wisdom is the wisdom of God by the Holy Spirit for the spiritual. So let's read together, and I'd like to read the entire chapter again just to refresh our minds. Chapter 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you, with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and time together in your word with the church tonight. And we ask your blessing upon this time. Speak to us through your word and through your Holy Spirit, that we might grow to be more like Christ, that we as a church might be edified to go out and serve you with a gospel witness, with an excitement that looks like folks going to heaven and not those doomed for hell. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So the wisdom of God, just quickly reviewing from verses 6 through 9, he says, I'm not writing about the world's wisdom. I'm not writing about the wisdom of the rulers of this world. And we said that was at any given point in history, and that could apply to the physical or the spiritual, and even made the point there that often when you see a physical seat of power, there's a physical uh, demonic activity that's enabling, empowering that physical seat of power often on the earth. And we use the book of Daniel as our proof text for that. Primarily, this wisdom is the gospel. It is that which has brought us to Christ. And this is what Paul calls here True wisdom, and then he says that he shared this among mature believers. Not a special force of believers, but the the Greek word teleos, meaning mature or at an advanced age of spiritual development. So we stopped off there last time talking about true wisdom. And then we pick up tonight in verse number 10. And we see that he says here that God's wisdom is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now that's a key notation to have made for us here. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. This church in Corinth is divided over their reliance on human wisdom. Churches still today, maybe not in, uh, not this one local church, but this church, the one down the street, the one down the street, do the exact same thing. They'll say, oh, well, you guys like this scholar, so you're like that, and you guys like that scholar, so you're like this, and we're going to divide over those lines. Well, we're, we're, we're no different, and the church should be unified. Can anybody in here testify tonight and say, I found this one scholar, and they're completely perfect, and I've never read anything about, about them or from them that I, that I didn't agree with? I get close with Charles Spurgeon. But, but even Spurgeon sometimes, I'm like, hmm, I don't know that he was right on that. And he himself, during his time of ministry, had major controversy that they wrote about across continents about this guy Spurgeon and this big controversy that he was a part of there. It, it doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist because we are not to be putting our trust, our faith, our hope in the wisdom of men. Paul says, I didn't come to you preaching myself. I didn't come to you with my eloquent Words. I didn't come to you with smooth talking or sales tactics or Corinthian philosophies. But I came to you, as God would use the foolishness of preaching to save some, I came to you simply preaching the gospel. So he's writing here to help this church. But I think it's very important for us as the modern church to see that there are many lines that could divide us. But blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. One Lord, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And let the Christian church be unified on the earth. What a blessing that will be someday as we see people from every tribe and tongue and nation gathered around the throne saying, worthy, 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 holy, holy, holy. What a blessing that will be. The struggle, the strain, the division in the church will be over. What a blessing. So Paul clarifies here, addressing the Corinthian reliance on human wisdom, he clarifies that the Holy Spirit is the only reliable source of all human insight into the wisdom of God. None of this insight comes through the human wisdom of which the Corinthians boasted and over which they 
divided. Apollos didn't bring you to Christ. Paul didn't bring you to Christ. Cephas didn't bring you to Christ. The Holy Spirit brought you to Christ. This is what Paul is saying here. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So their divisions and their quarrels are unjustified. I like J. Vernon McGee mostly because he's very good at being concise. He could just say it matter-of-factly and to the point, and you know what he thinks, you know what he believes, and you understand what he's teaching here. He, he, he makes verse 10 and 11 very concise and does a good job with it. Let me read to you from J. Vernon McGee. He says, What we cannot get through the eye gate or the ear gate, the Spirit of God can teach us. There are many things we can learn by studying the Bible, such as the history of it, the poetry of it, but we cannot get spiritual truths that way. Why? Because God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. There are certain things that only the Spirit of God can reveal to us. How many of you were already in church and had your Bible and read it prior to being saved? You're familiar with the Scriptures. Those of you like that could probably testify to what I'm about to say. But I remember before the light bulb came on in my head to be able to understand the truths of God's Word. And some of you others could probably testify to that too. But it's an amazing thing when you don't have the Holy Spirit in you and the Word of God is not illuminated to you versus when you do have the Holy Spirit in you and the Word of God is illuminated to you. You're not reading in the dark anymore. He, he, he opens up the page and, and, and there it is. And you think, well, how did I miss that all this time? Well, you missed it because you were looking through dead eyes. And now these eyes have been made alive. I once was blind, but now I see. Oh, amazing grace. Amen. The things from verse 9. Remember we talked about that last time. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love them. We said that's not necessarily talking about heaven. For sure it can be talking about heaven. But Paul says here in verse 10 that God has revealed those things to the church then and the church now. So these are things now, not just things future. Well, these things that God has revealed to us now, he's revealed them through the Holy Spirit. Now, for sure, it requires the human intellect. It requires the ability to be able to read the scriptures in your own language. It requires the word. We're not denying the use of the word here. We're, we're denying this idea that it can be on an intellectual fact-based level only. Remember the old saying the evangelists used to say, some of you got head knowledge, but you don't have any heart knowledge. This is the idea. And then I think as believers, though we are surely saved and Christians, we have the heart knowledge we seem to want to go back to living as if we don't need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit in day-to-day -day life, as if we can now just become the intellectuals of our faith in the Word. Now, I encourage you to be intellectual with your faith. I encourage you to be scholarly about the Word. What does that mean? Read it a lot. Read a lot of it. Study about it. Know what it says. Know why it says what it says. Know who it was talking to. Know how you're different than who it was talking to. Know why the differences exist, but how you can still apply it based off those differences. I want you to know all of those things. But I also want you to know the sweet fellowship you can have with these things in your day-to-day -day walk when the Holy Spirit of God is right here with you on it. There's a big difference in reading something convicting in the flesh and saying, nah, I don't like that, or I don't think I believe that, or I don't want to do that. And then you're reading it with the Holy Spirit of God guiding you and pricking your heart. And then his still small voice saying to you, <clears throat> you need to work on that. Well, it's hard to say no. And it's easy to say yes. 
And it's easy to say, though this hurts, as the potter notches off some of your clay, it's easy to just say, thank you, Lord, for that. These things God has revealed through the Spirit. MacArthur writes, the wisdom that saves, which man's wisdom can't know, is revealed to us by God. He makes it known by revelation, inspiration, and illumination. Now, we're talking about illumination primarily here in this passage, but Paul does bring into this passage revelation and inspiration. We need to know the differences, and we need to know how to use the differences in different ways here. So revelation we find in verse 10 and 11. God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of the man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So the Spirit reveals things. The Spirit inspires things. Verse 12 and 13, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Ghost teaches Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And these things, revelation and inspiration, were given to those who wrote the Bible. So the prophets, the apostles, it was revealed to them and they shared these things as God breathed them to them. This is what we call biblical Holy Spirit inspiration. It's why we hold the Bible as an absolute authority. Because we believe it was given to us directly from God by these men that he worked through throughout biblical history. From that, then, we're allowed to have illumination. So when we say the Holy Spirit walks with us and talks with us and, well, I'm just singing in the garden now, and tells us that we are his own, we aren't meaning he's given us a third testament. We aren't meaning that he's given us extra biblical revelation because, ladies, who are here Monday night, we believe in the what of Scripture? That's sufficiency of Scripture. Amen. Shanae must have preached real good Monday night. <laughs> she was late getting home. I said, Shanae, you're taking forever to get home. What, you preach longer than I do. I'm going to let you out. You, gotta, you can't stay out this late. Just joking. So revelation, inspiration, illumination. To you and I now, people who live post-canon, the, the, the word has been finished. We have it. We're not looking for inspiration. We're not listening for revelation. We're paying attention to the Holy Spirit's illumination. And this is how he works in us in our lives. Now, in, illumination is given to all believers who seek to know and understand the divinely written truth. And that's what he's going to go on and talk about more in verse 14, 15, 16. In each case, though, it is the Holy Spirit doing the work. He is divinely working. For, uh, Second Peter lays that out for us. Second Peter one twenty one for no for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. How did we get our Bible? That's how we got our Bible. So Paul says here, the Spirit searches all things, and that can be confusing. So God has revealed these things to us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Now, this is not saying that the Holy Spirit must investigate and inquire unto the mind of God in order to be instructed. Because should we take that premise, then we would be saying the Holy Spirit is separate from God. 
But as Jesus said, I and the Father are one. The Holy Spirit and the Father are one. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one, etc. The, the Godhead is given to us in three parts, but these three are all one God, the one true and living God. So when we talk about the Spirit searching all things, it's not that he has to go and figure this out for us and bring it to us. He doesn't need to seek knowledge of the Father that he otherwise lacks. No. He probes the depths of divine knowledge for our benefit. R.C. Sproul says it this way, the idea of divine searching emphasizes God's omniscience, particularly his power to see what is invisible to humans. Psalm 139.1 talks about God searching. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Romans 8.27 says that he searcheth the hearts, or he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So just as God is omniscient, the Spirit is omniscient. Paul is not writing this to say that he has to go and find out. He already knows. But did you ever... I don't mean to be offensive when I say such things, but I'm going to say it like this. And if this, you fall into this category, I'm not making fun of you. Just a fact of life. You ever talk to an old-timer? All of us have talked to old-timers, right? Now I've offended all you old-timers in here. <laughs> One thing I like about a mature, wise person, a, a young person will answer quickly, even if they're not right. You ever stuck your foot in your mouth? A mature, wise person will often say, let me think on that for a second. What do they mean? Does that mean they don't know? No, they probably already know. They might be thinking how they're going to say it. They might be thinking of what they're going to say. It might be something that they've known such a long time that it's filed way back in there, and they've got to go dust off some cabinets and pull those files out and look up that information again. Maybe another way to think of this is a computer. And this might not be relevant to everybody, but your computer does a thing called indexing. Alex, you may have to help me out here a little bit. But your computer has a code that makes up everything that exists on this drive. See, I shouldn't have tried to get into this. I don't know what I'm talking about here. And it indexes, meaning everything is filed away in a certain way. And you go in, type in what you're looking for. That's called a query. And it can find it if you know how to search for what's already there. Now, it happens a lot in my life that I need a photocopy of my driver's license. So every time I get a new driver's license, I've gotten into the habit of, I take a picture and I get a copy of that. I save it on my computer under chance TNDL. And then if I need my driver's license... I've got a copy, and I don't have to retake a picture. I just type that in, and it pops off, and I send it off. We were at Six Flags Over Georgia a few years back. Took the boys to go ride the roller coasters, go to pick up the tickets that I bought from Nashville, Tennessee, while I was here to make sure we had them when we get down there. Got all the way down here, didn't have my driver's license. Now, I knew my name, and I knew my date of birth, and I told them, I said, look, this is me. I promise it is. And they said, sir, we've got to see your driver's license. I said, well, here's my wife, and she has her driver's license. The tickets aren't in her name. They knew. They saw my name there. I saw my name there. They would not give me these tickets. And so finally I thought, oh, 
got a picture of my driver's license on my computer. I can get to that through my phone. So I start typing it in. Now, as those of you know, my name is spelled funny. And over the years, I've changed it back and forth. I can't decide how I want to spell my own dadgum name, all right? <laughs> Forgive me. Well, I was typing in Chance T-N-D-L, and it had the E or it didn't have the E. I don't remember what, and it wouldn't pull up. And the kids were crying, and they were hungry, and they wanted to go in the park. And Shanae was like, you idiot, you didn't bring your uh, driver's license. And the lady was saying, sir, we've got a long line behind us. And I wasn't getting out of that line. <laughs> you see, you stay in the line, you keep the pressure on them just to give you what's yours. I wouldn't move it. And I said, hang on, it's here, it's here. When I queried properly... It finally popped up, and I said, oh, there I am. And she said, all right, and she gave me my tickets there. This all comes to my mind when we think about the Spirit being, these things are revealed to us by the Spirit because He can search all things, because He knows all things, even the deep things of God. It's why we ask for His help. It's why we are instructed in Scripture. Pray in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Because the Spirit is God with us now. Jesus was God with us when he was born. But he went away. But he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. When I go away, I'm going to send one better. But that's hard to take, isn't it? Because we think to ourselves, can't wait to be with Jesus. But Jesus said, no, no, no. When I go away, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. He's better. And he'll, he'll, the, the common language for what Jesus said about him before the Father was, he'll hold you over till I get back. He is the earnest of our inheritance. What a wonderful thought that is. MacArthur says, The Spirit alone was qualified because he knows all that God knows, himself being God. Verse 11, Paul illustrates this simply by saying, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Who knows you better than you? Not a person in the world. Your wife knows you pretty good. Who's been married the longest in here? i got 20 years coming up this year. I'm very excited about that. Can anybody beat 20? What do you got? I'll start with Tom. I think he's got y'all beat. Anybody can beat 52? Lisa? No? <laughs> I was just joking. I, I was just joking. I didn't really think you could beat 52. Mary, you could probably read Tom's mind most of the time. Are there times that he still surprises you, though? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody knows you like you. A unique thing, I need to share this with you. Twice this week I've had different people come to me seriously and, and, and need to talk to me and eventually get around to, are you going to leave our church? I don't know if a rumor has spread. or if, The one told me, said, you're, you're kind of putting off that vibe. And I said, all right, I am putting off that vibe. And I'm putting off that vibe because I'm discouraged. And you guys are too. Brother Doug, are you discouraged about our building? I'm ready to get back home. I, there's no place like home. I'm Dorothy up here. I'm clicking my heels, and I want the, the thing to get finished, and I want to be back over there with all of you guys. So it's just, just discouraging. But no, I'm not, plan, I'm not planning to leave. At this point, you guys should know I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> no, nobody knows who I am, and you guys are the only people who like to hear me preach. I don't even know that you like to hear me preach, but you show up to hear me preach. So no, I'm not. Thanks. Back to Butterworth Road, right? (laughs) 
So the point being, you have to ask if you want to know such things, right? Because who knows the, the mind of a man besides the man? And Paul uses that illustration here to help us understand how the Holy Spirit works in our relationship with God. Who knows the mind of God better than God? Well, how are we to know the mind of God then? Because God's Spirit indwells us and will show it to us through the Word. It's an analogy he gives here between the human spirit and the Holy Spirit. Many things about a person's thoughts remain hidden to other people. But the person's spirit knows these thoughts. You can't get in other people's minds. Even if you can, you can't get as deep as they can on themselves. So Paul makes this comparison here. We are not able to peer into the mind of God from the outside with our human wisdom can't do it. Romans 11, some of my favorite verses in all of scripture, Romans 11, 33 through 36. He says, oh, <laughs> very poetic like David. Oh, I love it when they start with oh. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now who's writing that? The Apostle Paul is writing that who is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write what he is writing here. So he's finding out directly from God about God's ways and his judgments and his wisdom and his knowledge. And even he and that is still inspired and feels led to write down how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed to him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Oh, the depth of the riches of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. His ways are past finding out. And so Paul writes here and he says, the Holy Spirit is how we find these ways out. He shows us. He illuminates it. The Corinthians were taking credit here for their understanding of the gospel and other spiritual things. They were thinking they had attained them through wisdom. Paul corrects them and he removes the basis for the quarrels and the divisions that existed among them. Sproul says here, you may learn many things about an individual from observing them or from hearsay, but you cannot know what is going on inside their mind or their spirit unless they choose to reveal it. Only they know what they are thinking. So just as no one knows the thoughts of a man, but the man himself, so no one knows the thoughts of God, but God himself. And as every man does know his own thoughts, so the Spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. So verse 12, then he says, this is why the Spirit came to us. So these secret things, these hidden things, verse 10, God has revealed them to us. Verse 11, just as we know ourselves, God knows himself through the Spirit, and the Spirit reveals them to us. Verse 12, now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come in John 14, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We were dead spiritually, and the Holy Spirit gave us life. Ephesians 2.1, And you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and sin. 
Then the Holy Spirit made us his temple. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Let me, let me be clear to you on some a driving force behind me here in this type of preaching. It is said of Christians like us that we believe in the Trinity. In a joking sense, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. Now, is that what we believe? Father, Son, and why is the joke? The joke is that Bible thumpers like us, whose motto is holding forth the word of life, spend a lot of energy on the word. And we should, and we do. And I'm proud that we do, and I don't want us to stop. But if we're not careful, Dr. Stephen Lawson, who I, I put a lot of clout into what he says, he said, in churches like ours, the most neglected part of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. Amen. We, we're, we're neglecting the very power source. And I know I've been saying this a lot lately. Partially because we're in a gospel in Luke. And so we see Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit doing many things. But now as we're studying Corinthians, Paul can't lay this out much clearer for us, can us? How important the Holy Spirit is in our church, in our homes, in our living. So the Holy Spirit made us his temple. No, you're not. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. He, he lives in you. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with that body, with that, with that temple. And in your spirit, which are God's. And that's a unique thing about our spirit now that we've been saved. Our spirit and the Holy Spirit are like this. There's a marriage. These two have become one. You know, Jesus is the bridegroom and we are his bride. Well, similarly, inside of you and I now, my spirit and the Holy Spirit are together. They commune. My thoughts are his thoughts and his thoughts should be my thoughts, right? That's Psalm 37. He would give me the desires of my heart. That doesn't mean... He's going to give me that new pickup truck I've got my mind set on. I asked him again for it the other day, and he said, wait till the prices come down. I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> They're even too inflated for God right now, aren't they? No, what I mean there is he put the right desires in my heart. Amen. Gave me the desires of my heart. The Holy Spirit baptized us into the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. The Holy Spirit seals us. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. We're about out of wintertime, but something you like about your house during winter is if it's sealed up real tight. It's nice to keep the heat in. Worst thing in the world is to get in your chair at night with your glass of sweet tea, with your electric fireplace popping out some heat there, and you lay back against the window and you feel a little breeze coming against your neck. Now, my house, I got new windows, so that usually means one of the boys has let the cat in or out through the window that day and forgot to close it back, or Parker didn't get it all the way down, and I got to find out what window's open because it's 18 degrees outside. We like it to be sealed up. Well, I like my faith to be sealed up. I like to know that I don't have to worry from, the next, from today to tomorrow. Well, am I saved again? Did I lose it overnight? Because you know what would happen if you could lose your salvation? You would. That's one of my favorite MacArthur quotes. The Holy Spirit 
is the spirit of promise. He's the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. 2 Corinthians 3.17, he gives us liberty. How do we live under grace and, and not under the bondage of the law anymore? We have liberty. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You want to know a good clue if you're walking in the spirit or not? Can you let go of some legalism? Can you let go of some self-induced bondage? I have a friend. He's, it's a funny situation, but, well, I'm out of time. I can't give you the long story. I'll tell you the funny situation some other time. But this friend, every once in a blue moon, the Lord moved him to Nashville, I think, just for me. And once in a blue moon, he'll ask me to lunch. He worked for Belmont University. And he'll say, come down here and I'll take you to lunch. And I go down and see him every time. He sits me down and he'll say, what's your legalism struggling with lately? And what does he mean by that? He knows that I grew up independent, fundamental, King James only, premillennial, Baptist, heaven bound with a hammer down. <laughs> trying to think of all the adjectives the preachers used to use when I was a little kid. I grew up like this, just how you were, rigid, in a box. Everybody's going to hell but us. That's how church Christ is around here, a lot of them. Well, that's how the Baptists were where I grew up. Man, we were the only ones. And he's from there, too. And well, I'll give you the long story. He's from Athens, Georgia. I grew up in Commerce, Georgia. His son and I became buddies. We worked for the same office at Liberty University. I'm 26 years old and in college, and his son's 19 years old and in college, and we became pals. His son's name is Bobby Brown, and he's white. Y'all met Bobby and Brianna Brown a few years back. They're missionaries. Do you remember meeting them? Bobby had long hair like a girl. I give Bobby a hard time about his long hair. Fine people, fine guy. Well, his dad's name is Larry, and Larry just kind of picks on me in a loving kind of a way and, and corrects me every now and then. And that's what he'll say to me. How are you doing with your legalism? And I'll say, Larry, I'm not a legalist. And it never fails. He'll, he'll say, what about, and he'll point something out. I say, no, that's just sin. That's not legalism. He's, he'll say, give me chapter and verse. And you know how many things you say are sin you can't actually give chapter and verse for? Now, I'm not saying it's bad to not do them. You know how many things that we will let go that you do have chapter and verse on? I, I, I commit gluttony often. I, I shouldn't. I'm, I work on that. But I have chapter and verse on that. Anyways, the Holy Spirit gives us liberty. Verse 12, that we might know the things given to us by God. There's true wisdom. It's revealed by the Holy Spirit that we might know the things given to us by God. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What a great blessing that is. All right. We can be finished. Any questions on that? Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for time together in your word tonight. Forgive me for my ramblings. Thank you for your truths. Thank you for these that we glean from, these scholars down through the years who help us so much. Lord, I pray your blessing upon this feeble attempt at a Bible study. May you be glorified and your church be edified. In Jesus' name we pray. All right. Good night. It's good to see you.
Be here Sunday. We'll see you Sunday.